runasradio.com. You're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell and Greg Hughes. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 200 with guests Kim Tripp and Paul Randall. Recorded Friday, February 18th, 2011. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow the boys on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell, and Greg Hughes is with me. Yeah, I'm with you. And hey, dude, it's the 200th show. 200. (laughs) Hey, you two. And we've got Paul and Kim with us, so uh, I think this is mostly going to just be celebratory. And to celebrate, I just tell everybody that, as to kind of set the mood, I am celebrating this recording by recording it completely naked, apart from... A special silk <laughs> from leather posing pouch. Oh, yeah. You've got it branded, do you? It, it is branded, yeah. I, I didn't know they could make stamps that small. <laughs> it is a bit tight. It's not very comfortable, I have to admit. Chafing a little bit in the wrong places. Yeah, and then we had to record this in the same room, so I get to suffer with this. <laughs> that is your uh, husband, Kim. That's I know. You'd think I would have known better, but... Yeah. You know, you know what I did. I, I. She's wearing SequelSkills.com nipple tassels. Nice. Okay. <laughs> okay then. So oh, I don't know boy. everyone that's ever recorded your shows with you, but I do know a couple of folks, and I know them pretty well. So I actually asked a couple of folks to, to you know, let me know what they thought about your 200th show, and and a lot of people were pretty boring, and they were just like, "Congrats, that's cool." and which was very cool, don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. I've got a couple of ones that I, I really want to uh, pull out and highlight here. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> uh, David Lowe basically says, tell them we never want to hear that Run As Video killed the Run As Radio stars. <laughs> and long may they continue to rule the internet radio waves or interwaves or whatever they're called. I'm happy to come back and record another show as soon as Microsoft puts me on something that I can talk about publicly. So that's David Lowe. Uh Kevin Klein, now this one actually threw me for a loop, I, I have to admit. Kevin Klein said, hey, 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 doop, or hadoop. I don't even know how to say it. That's what's embarrassing. Here. It's hey, doop. It's a storage system. <laughs> I know what been? it is, but I don't even know it's how to say cool, it. It's pretty cool, yeah. He says, it's in your future, maybe by your 250th show. Congrats on an amazing run. That's nice. And nice, Buck cool. Woody, who I, I was really hesitant in mailing Buck Woody because I'm always afraid of what I might get from Buck. He was actually very, very simply just says congrats and thanks for not pressing charges. Nice, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is that is Buck Woody right there. But a lot of other folks, Pamela Hood, Mark Manassi, they they all say congrats and what an amazing run and you know we're just so honored to be here on your two under show. It's incredible. I mean, we've been threatening to do a show for a couple of years now and we haven't even done one and you guys are doing your 200th i mean just really congrats you guys it's fantastic well thanks it's uh thanks you just get it you get into a cadence right next thing you look up and it sneaks up on you yeah i mean that's dedication and spending so much time with with each other i mean i i can't imagine spending more time with paul well and the funny part is i think greg and i we were only ever on the phone, right? Like, <laughs> I don't. When's the last time we were actually face to face, Greg? It's been more than a year. Really? 
Yeah. yeah, it's been yeah, it's been about a year since the last time we we actually saw each other. For yeah. the, you know, for the middle couple of years of our run, we actually spent quite a bit of time together at different shows and stuff. Right. But then, just different work situations and whatnot. We shot the first twenty shows having never met. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. We were introduced. It was wasn't it through Scott Richard? Isn't that how you? Before we had the name Run As Radio, which is uh, a Carl Franklin invention, and creating a name of a show, by the way, is just agonizing. I mean, we literally <laughs> debated it for a month or two, and 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 it's it is literally the moment of inspiration. I I've been I spent two hours on the phone with Carl uh, one day, just playing with different name ideas and so forth, hating everything. We hang up the phone. I you know curse and and wander upstairs to make a cup of tea because what else are you going to do? And he phones back, and when he phones back, he doesn't say hi or anything. He just says "Run as radio," and I go, "Okay, that's it. That's the one." <laughs> it worked. Your mind starts background processing, right? And you, you go away from something for a few minutes, and sometimes that's when you get the best epiphany. That's when you get it, right, exactly. Uh, yeah. And so then, you know, I'm I'm on the lookout for, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, Greg. I don't think I've told anybody this story. So now I'm, okay, hmm. I need a co-host. I need someone, I, I need a guy who's a better IT guy than I am, goodness knows, you know, to try and ba- create some, some synergy there. And... uh Pinged a few folks like Scott, and Scott immediately said, "Greg Hughes." Without it's the same, not even a hesitation. That's your guy. And so I actually had a few folks lined up, and we all, we all know Pat Hines, right? Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. and Pat Hines has this goofy gig. That's congrats too, by the way. Ah, oh, great. <laughs> and the funny part about Pat is that Pat was the first guest on uh, .NET Rocks back in two thousand two. Yeah, and he was and the I first guest on. As well. Yeah, so that was the guest. sort of thing. Is he seems to start all our shows. So I said, "Oh, Pat, you should be our first guest." But what I actually said to Pat was, "Pat, I want you to record a show with me several times with different co-hosts to see how it goes." He says, "You know, you're an obvious experienced guest. Let's do the same show a few times." And he's like, "Okay, I'll I'll do that, right?" And you know, he was on board, and this will be a chance for me to sort of try out some co-hosts. So the very first co-host I tried was Greg. You wow. know, Scott had sent me his contact into it. We chatted on the phone, I think, one one time for, you know, an hour. Yeah. And then yep. I, you know, booked a time to record the show. We got Pat on. We recorded the show. And when I finished, I said to Pat, I'm not doing anymore. That's that is it isn't gonna get better than that. That just worked. You know, I remember when Scott came to me and he said, Hey, um, do you think you might want to do this? Cause I think I already gave him your name. And I said, um, well you know, I think if I can slide it in and find the time, it sounds like it might be kind of cool. It might be kind of fun to try it or see what it's like. He says, well, you just give it a shot. Just just talk to the guy. And I said, oh, okay. So I think I was a little hesitant at first because I was thinking about A, time availability, and B, you know, would I just suck at it? And, um, you know, but being but being the uh, uh, being the sidekick actually is, is a lot easier than what Richard does, I think, you know. So he's Richard. <laughs> Richard well, and, and how could you not get lulled in by that? Awesome voice. I know. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just Richard. I can listen to you for hours. Uh, that, that, Dude, Richard, <laughs> ever do phone sex? <laughs> <laughs> I obviously need another income stream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just, well, well, I'd be happy to do it with you. Nice. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. Wait. No. Well, no. Know, honey, that, I don't think so. <laughs> that's a whole other show. Actually, yeah. <laughs> that was a Don Box. Do I was it your? It was at your place, Kim, where Don Box pulled that one on me. I yeah on the deck sitting out there. Yeah, we're, we're sitting out on the deck, and uh, I think and Don is holding court as I think he was trying to decide if the relational database was a dead product. Actually. Yes, it was. <laughs> and somehow I was avoiding that whole thing, and you trying to change the topic asked me about like gas fitting. 
Because yeah, I was well, in the middle. Well, you know, with Don Box, sometimes it's, it's hard to get the conversation changed. Yeah, you're sort of just like, hey, look, Elvis, momentum. over there. You get to do something. So you well, asked me about gas fitting because I was in the middle of a renovation. You were, of course, the had the endless renovation. And I do, I don't know, 20 minutes of gas fitting technology. And halfway through it, Don Box stops me. So, you know, Richard, I really couldn't care less about what you're saying right now. But the way you say it, man. That was right. I <laughs> yeah, I totally remember that. Well, do you remember the show? I think it was the first or second show I had done with .NET Rocks where um, some oh, yeah. somebody did a, did a critique or a yeah. review of it. And, based, and I was talking about snapshot isolation, and that was when Carl said that he needed aspirin because I had been on a tangent for five minutes and, and he said that it was just, it was great, but he needed, you know. He His had head, head was going to explode. But <laughs> My the, head hurts. did the critique said, I don't know what the hell she was talking about, but she should do, you know, phone sex for her second job. <laughs> it was pretty funny. So. She's actually very good at it. Oh, is that oh, so? You know, we're never apart. <laughs> and we're never on Yeah, yeah you, can't, you can't sell me there, Paul. You guys are inseparable. That's true. It's, oh, boy. It's pretty crazy. I think we're, we're, we're kind of an lucky, anomaly. Actually. Yeah, we're yeah. very, very lucky that we can work together and travel together basically 24 hours a day. I think last year we had like five days apart in the entire year. And the other days, I mean, we're literally working in the house together or at a customer site together or even yeah. training. When we tend to do on-site training, we tend to co-teach the classes so that, you know, we can either do some consulting while the other one's teaching or look things up. And, and yeah, it's it's strange, but it's great. It works really well for us. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have time to be talking That's to anyone great. else, That's so great. I'm not worried. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should ask you what you guys are working on. Like, you're always busy, but... Uh... SQL Server. More SQL Server stuff. Really? SQL Server? Yeah. Well, no, actually, I mean, we are doing immersion events, which I know you guys know about, and there are training classes that really kind of bring somebody all the way from being a, an intermediate DBA to an advanced DBA with all of the best practices and lessons learned in real-world scenarios that we tend to run into at customers. So we've, we've basically taken all yeah, of that cool. knowledge and, and experience and thrown that into best practices classes. And, and that's kind of what makes us different than, let's say, mock. And I'm not trying to pick on Microsoft Learning. Everybody needs to learn syntax and know how the features work. I mean, there's, there's definitely importance in some of those, those classes, but that's one of the things, like, we don't do. Like, we don't we don't show people syntax and, and kind of go, this is how you create a trigger, and this is what a trigger can do. We're kind of going yeah. to that next level, which is, you know, these are the pros and cons of this kind of architecture, and this is how you want to design a partitioning scenario, not spending as much time on, like, the create partition scheme, create partition function. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do go over some tips and tricks with the functions and, and how to do you know, the right type of implementation. But no, I mean, I just, <laughs> this is one of the things that's really hard because I think people are very confused about kind of what's different with a class that, for example, we teach than, let's say, a Microsoft certified class, you know, and, and the, the Microsoft official. Are I don't even know where to go with that one. All right. But, you know, so it's, it's really interesting. I think there's a lot of confusion because, you know, a lot of the classes might have some of the same topics listed, uh -huh. but I think the focus and the direction that 
some of the, the, the mock classes take is, is more about syntax. Now, there are some fantastic instructors out there. The problem is I've heard everything from I had an instructor read the slides right. to I did have somebody that was a consultant, but they were only doing part-time instruction, so we rarely ever got that instructor again, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I, and I'm not trying to pick on that specifically because the, the whole mock process, that's actually where I started, you know, was Microsoft Learning in the early 90s. I worked for Microsoft University. And I, I understand that they need to scale and they need to get that syntax and more entry-level training out there. So it's good, you know. I, I mean, I, I agree with that. But that's just not the type of training we do. So how does a fledgling wannabe rock star DBA take advantage of your class? Where do they find it? Oh, uh, we've got, on, on SQL Skills, we now have a, a community mailing list that you can join, and we actually will send out a newsletter. We're starting a newsletter in March, uh, just just monthly, and we're also sending out early bird specials and special email discount codes and things cool. like that. Um, or they can just kind of watch the website for the classes to be posted, but we're not spamming, we're not selling any emails or anything like that. It's literally just like to kind of give them give them... <laughs> Give them advance notice of classes and things like that. So, yeah, SQLSkills.com, and then if they join our mailing list, that's the easiest yeah, joincommunity.asp, I think, has got the sign-up. Yeah, there's a link on the homepage. Okay, cool. I, did, I like the concept of an immersion event that, that you know, we're just going to live and breathe this. Yeah. yeah, we keep getting asked to do a submersion event where we kind of book a liveaboard dive boat for a week with 20 people. And do it underwater. I mean, well, we could, we could try doing underwater with a little write on tablets. It would take yeah, a while, though. It would actually, I think it could generate some interesting photo opportunities, but I'm not sure it would be very good for learning. <laughs> I just want to see how you make the racks float neutrally in the yeah. process. <laughs> well, you've got those water-cooled machines. Maybe oh, you'd let man. us borrow them for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that would be the way. I'm not sure how they're going to do in salt water, though. Yeah, I remember I did have a saltwater fish tank that burst and poured into a couple of my machines. I remember yeah, that. I remember that story. Yeah, yeah it wasn't uh, a Story. It was six months of my life. Uh, yeah, and it was a very interesting story in terms of rebuilding all of that. Yeah, salt water bad. Salt water bad. <laughs> yeah, and our fish yeah. tank is at the top of our house, so. 150 I, gallons of salt water. I, yeah, yeah, I suspect the Very gravity smart. might not be our friend. <laughs> no, yeah. It, it, that, you, some, uh, hopefully it never happens to you. It, it, apparently it's incredibly rare to break a fish tank. Yeah. At least one that's full. Yeah, well, it, I guess it depends. If it's glass, it's a lot harder. But if it's acrylic, the, the seams yeah, they can, can erode over time because of the salt water. Well, the funny part is I just replaced an acrylic tank with a glass one. Because I didn't like the way the acrylic scratched, and it was the glass one that broke. Oh, yeah. yeah, I agree. I think I think when we eventually get to the point of this tank on its last leg, which it, it's probably about there, it's it's about three or four years old, and acrylic, you know, you're kind of pushing it. I think at six or seven years. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, we we have a hundred and fifty gallon, and I think we'll probably switch to glass, although it is heavier. So. Yeah, but the weight of the glass is so trivial compared to 150 gallons of water. water. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's 1,200 pounds of water. I know. It's already a, a scary uh, number. Yeah. When we remodeled the kitchen, we made sure that the floor was, was reinforced in the places where the stove and the <laughs> fish tank and everything were. <clears throat> Hot tubs and fish tanks. Awesome. I was add one more thing on the immersion event, just to make the point. Um, one of the things that's really cool about these immersion events, in my opinion, is we we evaluated delivering them at you know some of the the uh, tech yeah some of the tech centers yeah. and convention locations where you can rent a room that is meant for you know training 
but we actually prefer to do them at hotels, which, you know, some people are like, wow, why are you guys doing it there? And the answer is we there's can... A there's, there's a bar. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> um, no, the, the real answer is that we actually go from like 8.30 in the morning till 5.30. We can take a, a break, but then we have evening lectures. Like Monday night, we do a meet and greet where we buy the first round and everybody hangs out in the lounge and it's a great way to network and just kind of recap a little bit from the day. But on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, we end up having guest lecturers. And for our upcoming uh, immersion events in Dallas, we are actually working with and being sponsored by SQL Century. And SQL Century is doing a guest lecture on the Tuesday night of the event where they are doing um, Plan Explorer, which is a free product that they give away, which is pretty cool. So, you know, they're doing a free lecture and or a lecture on their free product, Plan Explorer, and then Wednesday night they're doing one on the newest release of their SQL Century tool. So it's pretty cool. There, there's just, it, you know, they get a huge amount of information. And the reason that I like it the most is they're away from kind of their day-to-day every... Yeah, the burdens that we all have, you know, and I don't, right. I don't mean that to sound so negative, but, you know, if they can step away and really immerse themselves, you know, into learning and, and doing nothing but focusing on learning for a week, it's amazing how much more they can retain. You know, if they're not distracted and, you know, we all try to do webcasts and stuff and, you know, short ones like this that are 30 minutes are, are easily digestible. But if you want to get 40 hours of training it's really hard to do that in any, you know, cohesive way that makes it be retained, you know? And so if they can sit in this room and we can feed them, and we actually do, we have a full American breakfast, we have lunch, we have snacks, we have coffee all day. So they don't have to like go out and at a lot of training centers, you know, you give the students an hour for lunch and they have to, you know, find a place, eat, get back, and they're all frazzled. They have to you know, parking, you know, all sorts of distractions. Um, Here, you know, we have a buffet-style lunch. They basically leisurely walk out. We have a full hour, and they end up, you know, being able to be relaxed and get back in and focus on learning. So, anyway, that's that's the concept of immersion. So, I'm I'm getting hungry. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I actually haven't had breakfast. Whose idea was it to record this at 9 a.m.? Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, Paul didn't even have time to put any clothes on. I think you were talking SQL Server, but I heard food. <laughs> hey, awesome. guys, do you, do you guys have any favorite shows that you've done? Oh, all the ones with Kim. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? Uh, the one, you know the one that stands out in my mind, and it isn't actually uh, – <laughs> I don't even know if I should say it. Well, why not? So it isn't actually part of the show. I think it was before the show, and it got cut out, but we were sitting in Barcelona down oh, around yeah. that round table <laughs> down in the stinky basement. <laughs> I remember that. I Oh, uh, and that that place reeked. Remember how bad that smelled? Oh, but that uh, but but the intro that didn't make it as an intro was uh that was probably one of my favorite you moments. Should release right there. as a not safe for work download. It's you guys Extremely we all just say the same word over and over and over again. It is not our most intellectual moment. No, it's, it's not the funny though. <laughs> yes. It's fairly funny. I think the things that are the funniest is where we all thought we were getting ourselves together. So there was, you know, a momentary pause, and then mm-hmm. yeah, down you go again. Put up, yeah. <laughs> down you go again. Yeah. Was... All right. So somebody tell me a Richard story that nobody's heard before. Oh, 
My life's an open book, man. Everybody knows everything. <laughs> it is. It, that, you know, that's one unusual thing about the crowd. This crowd, right, is that it's all open and up front. Well, I, I, Richard Richard emceed our wedding. I don't know if we we have said that publicly, but I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, imagine that was the, yeah. the, the voice. That was a few years ago. Well, but, and actually, the fact that you know I had cold feet and didn't want to actually marry Paul, and Richard had to talk me down. Tim Huckabee kept going. It's not yeah. too late, Paul. It's, it's not, not too, too late. late. Up and got the mic and said, "I was too late." Yeah. <laughs> MC and last minute marriage counselor Richard Campbell. Well, well, and I had to keep repeating myself. Kim Tripp, yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Kim Tripp, Mr. and Mrs. Kim Tripp. You know, that, <laughs> that was the hard one, trying to get that right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because on a lot of tweets and blog posts now, people are calling us the Randalls. Nice. I think I'm losing my trip. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't quite come out right. You, you guys have no – well, actually, you do, Richard. You guys have no idea how much of a pain in the ass it is when we go to hotels or on flights and stuff, and we have different yeah. last names. Yeah. We were in Barcelona one time. Oh, my and they, God. And this the, is so funny. We're checking into the hotel, and they're, they're like, do you want two rooms? And they're looking at us like, are you guys having an affair or something? Yeah, yeah it was excellent. And we kind of were like, we, we are married. To each other. Oh, yeah, right, right, I'm sure. And, uh, and, and you don't get seated together on the airplane either, right? I mean, yeah, Unless it's on the same reservation, but you're right. Because there have been a couple of cases where we've been meeting somewhere, so we've had different reservations, and then something happens to the plane, like they switch the equipment, right? And they switch from... I don't know, a different configuration, and we end up on opposite ends of, of the plane. Which so. actually works out nicely. Yeah, that's actually good. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> no, you know what? And Huckabee on Forte's I'm engaged status says, T- or it says uh, Stevie, it's, it's not too late. <laughs> well, it is too late now. They got married. They did? They did yeah. already? Yeah. They, oh, my they, God. They did a, a county clerk marriage oh, wow. just grab their grab their this is my dear friend and all of our friends really steve forte uh finally after all these years yeah i mean come on yeah. how long did that take yeah a, a long time <laughs> but i yeah what can well, you good say for them yeah they're done they're another one another one off the market there you go so Imagine yeah looking has he actually said this on um... yeah it's it's and his picture's published and everything okay it's official i've been on facebook for a few days. There you go. Very cool. Wow, she looks wonderful. This is great. Okay, very cool. Too funny. You know the funny one thing I remember about your wedding was you had all these ringer speakers in the audience. <laughs> I know that was so <laughs> classic. I mean, you know, it, it's like okay, can one or two of you say something during the speech? Me, and then, me, me. and like I, you know, forty five <laughs> minutes later, it's like okay, maybe maybe we can stop. <laughs> and it was yeah, it was Tim Huckabee, Paul. Uh, uh, Brian Randall, Michelle Rubustamante, like, and after that, you think any regular mortal's going to touch the microphone? Like, no, it's not I, even. I was, I was really glad my dad went first. Yes, um, I think that oh God, that yeah. was helpful yeah. as well. I, uh, he would have been nervous after everybody else. So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to follow us. That's not fair. Yeah, no, yeah. that was, you know, it was, a, it was a good time. That was a great day, and wow, what a weird day too. Do you remember the weather? I oh, mean, yeah, it was we... in the morning, and then. You know, we were under a tent anyway, and then the sun came out, and we had our nice little cruise around the lake, and yeah, it was a great day. Very fun. Weather? Yeah, you were there, but I don't know. <laughs> we weren't paying any attention to you. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't paying any attention, no. It was all about me. <clears throat> there you go. <laughs> well, guys, any thoughts on what we should do for the next 200 shows? 
You know what, you guys, yeah, you guys are doing a fantastic job of what you're doing. I, I love this. I love this relaxed style. I love that, you know, it's usually, unlike today, much more technical. <laughs> we had a fun day, I think. <laughs> but I, I love it. I think it's a fantastic show. I love listening. And I, I love all the people that you've had on. I mean, you've had a quite a diverse, all IT, but all over the map. And that's, that's really cool because it gives people a taste of so many different things. It's. Uh, I yeah. know I learn something every time we do a show. Yeah, for sure. Definitely uh, harnessing my ADD for the forces of good, right? <laughs> <laughs> this short attention span thing. It actually has a use. You can, I can keep grabbing other topics constantly. Yeah, we really need to, to dive in and, and get rolling on these ourselves. We, we've got so many things we'd love to talk to people. Ours would be just SQL Server, obviously, but, uh, you know, all things related to SQL and, and it's, yeah. It's amazing how many things it can touch. It's a deep topic. Well, I read your blog posts. Like you guys just keep going. There's so yeah. much to dig into, and I, you know, I feel like with our show, we're often gliding across the surface of a lot of different topics. That, yeah, but people uh, need that. Yeah. They need breadth and they need depth, right? I'm so with you. we offer depth in a lot of interesting areas, but you guys can give somebody a more comprehensive you know, future platforms, directions, and, and options. Yeah, how something fits in, you know, should you learn more about this? I think if we can exactly. deliver that in a half hour, we've done something useful. Somebody's going to go and listen to yeah. the show on HeyDoop now. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done, you know, I, I know about it from some work we've done at Strange Loop with it, but uh, haven't done a show on HeyDoop yet, but it's an interesting topic all by itself. That would be cool. Well, Hardest part's getting started, you two. Yeah. I know, I, yeah, and we know that... Once we get started, we're going to probably really enjoy it. It's just that whole getting a yeah, bunch of them recorded, would. sitting down, having a focus and a plan. Although, I mean, maybe maybe not having a plan might be quite fun as well. But you yeah, it's just it's I mean, just I have to spend more time with you. Yeah, <laughs> the same room. Or, well, actually, no, we can do it in separate rooms. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> separate little black foam rooms. Yeah, it's kind of amazing that we we've got that set up, but we haven't really fully leveraged it yet. Well, there you go. All kinds of weird opportunity. Greg, what do you want to do next? What do I want to do next? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what are your next you know, 200 shows going to be? Anything but cloud computing right now would be great. For me, <laughs> you had enough, have you? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you know, it's not on the show. Actually, we've had some pretty cool conversations that have touched on that on the show, but uh, I'm kind of all conferenced out on the cloud computing thing for uh, right okay. now. So. Actually, you know what? Here's know. an interesting question for you guys, because you guys have seen so many different technologies on the show. Where do you think the next big thing is going to be? Do you have any thoughts on that? Any little things that you've, you've touched that you think are going to explode over the next 200 shows? You know, I think, you know, I, I focus on the security area mostly, right? Like, you know, professionally, that's what I really focus on. And I think it's going to be on, I, I, I think in that area from a technology controls perspective, I'm thinking uh, data aware security controls. So things like what comes after I don't know if you're familiar with like DLP or data loss prevention, but what comes after that, you know, and how, um, because the, you know, the firewalls, the firewall's pretty much gone. Um, it's, it's, it still has its use, but it's not that useful. I think that what it comes down to now is it's going to be all around controlling the actual assets themselves. Um, and, but you know, more like containers for certain, well. certain type of data. Yeah. Or, or even just being aware of the data in terms of, data types and actual data, you know, and um, there's lots of different ways to look at it. But what's going to be interesting is I think is to see some of the new, some of the new technology that will get developed that doesn't exist yet or that's being developed now to, um, to, to figure out how to, how to manage control and track that data 
What if a copy function inside of an operating system actually evaluated the data you were attempting to copy and applied that to a broader policy? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Ah, you can get that today. Yeah, you can get that today, and and it's and it's uh it's it's fairly unique and and not a whole lot of people doing it, but but um but there are some really cool technologies. So maybe we should maybe we should try to line something up and talk about talk about those types of things. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Hey, Richard, what about you? What do you think? Well, you know, deep down, I'm actually a hardware guy more than anything else. And uh, uh, I think we have not really got our head around the impact that of many, many cores in every computer is going to have to what we're yeah. going to be doing going forward. You know, SQL Server, oddly enough, has been at the forefront of being good at utilizing massive parallel cores, but it is an anomaly. And uh, the, the idea of having 16 and 64 cores even in desktop machines and how you're actually going to make that machine do something useful uh, is a really interesting problem, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I've been doing talks around the sort of future look of that thing and, and looking at how the interface is evolving and so forth. And, you know, I like the idea that here's a machine, and I actually just saw a company that's making a product like this that's using its webcam to make sure nobody else is looking at your screen while you're looking at sensitive data. In fact, we'll blank that screen out when another face appears in view. Yeah, that, you know, for training, if we were doing remote-based training, that would be an interesting thing to basically protect our, you know, DRM. Sure, absolutely. You could you could really do a lot of interesting things there. And I think they, you know, so the inc the increase in sophistication of UIs and the integration of sensors around the PC ultimately is going to significantly impact the kind of security we can do, the way we can interpret user behavior and how we reflect it in the infrastructure. Uh, so I'm, I've got my eye on that. And that's, you know, half IT, half dev, which is my whole life, right? It's hopping between the two all the Richard, time. I just want these apps that aren't taking advantage of multiple cores to just stop using modal dialogue. <laughs> that's, that's actually my only wish for the day. If I could just get a computer that didn't think that what it needed to tell me was more important than what I was doing. Yeah, I'd tell me about it. It's yeah. like changing focus alone is the bane of my existence. Yeah. I'll be typing in something, something else will come up, I'll hit the space bar or whatever, and that, I just accepted some crap. Well, and <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Who programmed this? You yeah. should be fired. <laughs> Never pop anything while I'm typing. You, exactly. You uh, it's, you know, don't steal, you know, focus. Yeah, what you want is not as important as what I want. Exactly, always. That's always There true. you go. Talk about hardware versus software. You know what I'm really interested to find out. I have my guesses and ideas, but I'm I'm really kind of actually a little bit excited to find out what this Intel McAfee merger is going to mean in terms of how how like McAfee software and security related software actually works its way into silicon. Yeah, that'll be yeah. really. That's that. I think that that's going to be that's probably going to be a game changer. Um, if if not just for that company, I think it's going to be a bit of a game changer for the industry as a whole, and it's going to set direction. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch and see where that goes. Yeah, I mean, just even interesting on why why it was a motivating merger, you know, like what where they thought that they were going to take that. Yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, I I think Intel's Intel's a big big smart company. I'm sure they have I'm sure they have some pretty clear direction. <laughs> oh, that's what I mean. I'm I mean, it's interesting that they saw that, wanted to go after it, and now they're they're going to do something with it. And you're right. I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it should be. It'll be fun to watch and see what see what comes out of that. In general, our market is doing some interesting things. The big companies have an awful yeah. lot of money, and they have to spend it on something, so they're buying things. 
I'm, I'm not convinced that the McAfee buy was as intelligent a buy as we, we want it to be. But Yeah, okay. So that's interesting. But I do know well, Intel's flush with cash and just doesn't need to build another fab. So what else are you going to do? You know, what might be a really fascinating show, because I had this debate yesterday at a lecture I was giving, which is the cost of re-architecting for performance as opposed to killing it with iron. And I know we've kind of touched on that here and there, but things like solid state and um, the proliferation of things like GUIDs and yeah. how some companies are needing to re-architect, and they would get better performance if they completely and radically re-architected, but it's a heck of a lot easier to throw hardware at it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I honestly mm-hmm. have always fallen on the side of, Always buy the hardware first because it's just so cheap compared to soft the, the software changes. More importantly, it's almost zero risk. You know, yeah, really- I'd agree there. I just I get to the point though with certain kinds of architectures that you almost can't you can't kill them with iron, or the percentage gains that you get with iron are ten percent, twenty percent, maybe even thirty right. or forty percent, but architecturally you could get ninety percent. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. in software. And absolutely. so it's it's yeah. it's a great debate. That's all. I just think it's it's one of these things that you have to look almost at different types of workloads, what's going on, and then you have to look at the specific type of problem of that workload and then you have to see how the hardware would solve it and then you have to right. kind of determine the kinds of gains you get. So it's a lot harder I think than just buying a bigger box. But it's really a fascinating discussion, and and I had a a long discussion about that yesterday with some folks, and it was just, it's one of these things that you can always debate getting more hardware, but is it going to give you the great gains? In some ways, yes, and for certain types of bottlenecks, yes, but it it might not do everything you want, and so it's it's a great debate, that's all. Well, in a a way, it's somewhat contradictory to the whole, you know, sort of the, uh, the, the, do more with less green data center type thing where, you know, if, if you're throwing oh, yeah, just more yeah. and more hardware in it to try to solve the problem, you're really just going to be burning a lot more power, managing totally. a lot more hardware, you know, uh, and, you know, and, and taking the capital, you know, uh, depreciation on, I guess you can do that on the hardware, but, but that's oh, kind I of jump, jumping I've over dollars green, to get the dimes, you know. I've had a green IT person contact me because they heard one of my uh, lectures on index consolidation and cleanup and they kind of thought, right. you know what, that's kind of green. <laughs> and I thought, well, yeah. <laughs> I never thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. And if you can use the same hardware and do more with it or not have to acquire as much hardware, then, you know. Yeah, know. absolutely. And it's not just the power, it's the data center, it's just the footprint, right? Because the fact of the matter is, there, you know, I've, I've been to tons and tons of data centers scattered all over the continent here that um, they can't put any more hardware in a half-full data center because there's no more power available to it. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, our systems have gotten so dense now. The racks are sitting empty because we cannot get electricity, right. or we can't get any more cooling on the roof. Yeah, that's that's yep. a big problem. Uh, so funny, you guys are talking about the whole performance tuning equations around SQL Server because I'm in the process of putting together my my uh, tech ed session for the U.S. show on why web performance matters, and it goes specifically into the math of the cost of doing a, a tuning cycle on a web application. Uh, versus the return you get, typically with an e-commerce app, every time we mm-hmm. cut off a second, we increase the number of sales and the size of the sale goes up and so forth. And so we've right. developed some really good numbers about you could spend, if you spend 100000 here, you make it back over here, that kind of thing. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that would be really interesting numbers and, and convince people of why certain types of 
changes and architectures are a better idea and, and are cost-effective. Sure. Something interesting we could think about for SQL Server soon. There you go. Yeah. Because ultimately, when you have revenue-based apps, there's an ROI here, right? That faster apps make more money or cost less, one or the other, or if not both. Yeah, I think that's that's something that a lot of a lot of companies have a hard time quantifying. Absolutely. And so if you have a good way of, of quantifying that, that's fantastic. It's like training, you know? Yeah, it, yeah, it's hard to quantify, but yet when these people get back to their offices, they're more effective, they're more efficient, they do more with less, mm-hmm. they do things right. Uh, more frequently, and and that actually costs the company a lot less over time, you know. So, well, how many times halfway through a class, somebody goes, you, you know, you give them a gotcha, and they go, oh, holy crap, we've been doing that, and we're we're like God, days away from destruction. Down. Yeah, totally. That's <laughs> ever, I don't think we've ever had a class where that did not happen multiple times. Somebody oh. runs out of the office to call immediately, saying, change the setting, yeah. change it, change it now. Probably uh, half of every class. At some point, we'll say during the week, you know, that one thing that I just learned was the ROI for the entire class. That's everything. Right there. Yeah. And it's usually a save. Oh. Like, you are headed towards destruction if you don't fix this now. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I had somebody <laughs> once. This is actually quite funny. I had somebody once in a class that I was talking about profiling and tracing and talking about how the default behaviors of tracing um, can lose events and that you're not guaranteed that all events have been captured. And I had somebody stand up and leave. Right there. I found out later they were from a bank and they were trying to do auditing and they were auditing through Trace, but they had not set the keep all events. So they were actually trying to have an audit log that didn't have all of the events, which Yikes. is um, not really an audit log. Nope. Um, and they shall rename nameless. Yes, absolutely. It was a lecture. It wasn't actually a class. There so you go. It was more of a public thing, but it was quite funny. And they, they fessed up and came up to me and they're like, oh my God, you know, this was a one day workshop and it was so worth it because... You know, we've realized that, you know, that yeah. might not actually be complete and, and, you know, we've got to fix that. So, well, guys, we got oddly serious for a celebratory 200th episode. <laughs> Somebody drop an F bomb or something. <laughs> That's the mess. Don't touch that. What the hell's going on yeah, here? Go anyway. there. Tell what we're capable of. <laughs> oh, boy. Paul and Kim, thanks so much for uh, being with us for this 200th episode. Oh, uh, our you pleasure. Guys, yeah. Definitely. Thank God it's over. I can go and take this posing pouch off. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't have to look yeah, at that anymore. Thanks. That and Greg, thanks so much for being my co-host. It's been a ton of fun. You too, man. I, it's uh, You're a good friend. And, and you know, Paul and Kim, thanks so much for being there. You've been, you guys have been there the whole time over time, and it's always fun hanging out with you and doing shows or just BSing or whatever. So, you know, it's fun to hang out with the good people every now and then. We're looking forward to being with you for your next 200. You bet. And there's a couple other folks we really have to thank. One is Brandon Wayne. Brandon is the editor for Run As Radio. All 200 episodes. Have you guys have an editor? Yes, we do. <laughs> we have a we have an awesome, really good editor, uh, tireless, hardworking, and uh, and really deserves to be thanked for it. Um, he works really hard. Yeah, he and even makes also, us sound way, smart. It's amazing. I don't does. know how he does he that. He makes us sound smart, and he's very patient. This is a guy who found the <laughs> brightness knob on the, on the program and actually turned it up, and it worked. Awesome. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, and last but not so, least, my, my other partner, Carl uh, uh, Franklin, who uh, convinced me to do this show in the first place, came up with the name and uh, has uh, been backing us the whole way. Without him, none of this would have happened. Yeah. Thanks, Carl. Yeah, we love Carl. And thank you, dear listener, for sticking with us for 200 shows. We're going to keep right on going. We'll make 200 more. And we'll talk to you next week on Run As Radio. (laughs) 